Um, you know, obviously a, a tough, tough go for us. Um, you know, as an offense, we need to do more in the second half, and um, you know that falls on us offensively. And as a quarterback, I need to, to perform better, and uh, you got to be able to put up more th than three points in the second half. And so uh, I feel horrible for the defense for um, you know the incredible effort they put out there today, but uh, got to be better uh, as a team. Okay, we are back here on ninety nine Pod, and it's time to keep on moving. So Justin Herbert says that the Chargers believe in Brandon Staley after the collapse versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. It falls on us for not executing. How much blame should Justin Herbert get after the collapse? Because, Zach, we all heard, you know, on Twitter, on social media about Brandon Staley and his job. And Sean Payton was trending. Sean Payton didn't even play in the game or coaching the game. He was trending after this game was over. But how much blame? So we put on Justin Herbert after this collapse. So honestly, I'm not going to put a lot of the blame on Justin Herbert. And I know you just mentioned Brandon Staley and you know, we have to get into it. So I'm going to just start right off the bat. I've been saying for a really long time that this dude is a fraud. And part of it is because he has nothing to do with Justin Herbert's success. We all agree Justin Herbert is one of the better quarterbacks in the league, but we saw Justin Herbert ball out as a rookie playing for Anthony Lynn. Brandon Staley's a defensive guy. He has nothing to do with Justin Herbert. And they lost that game to the Raiders, a must-win game that Herbert balled out in last year with the Chargers season on the line. And I thought after that game, it would be very difficult considering the Raiders had an interim coach, considering everything that went wrong for them that uh, last year with the Henry Ruggs incident, I thought it would be very hard to top an even worse loss than that. Again, a lot of it has to do with the fact that Justin Herbert is your quarterback, but that's exactly what happened when the Chargers blow that 27-0 lead to the Jaguars. And I'll say this about Staley. For the second half of the season, unlike last year, his defense was much better. He's the guy in charge, and they've been solid. But if you're the defensive coordinator, when you're up 27-0, all you have to do is just prevent the other team from scoring touchdowns like one or two times. But in this game for the Chargers, it was just blown coverage after blown coverage after blown coverage, and that falls on him. He's in charge of the defense. And the Spanos family, we know, right? They are one of the cheapest ownership groups in not only the NFL, but all of sports. But if they don't look themselves in the mirror, after this game and what happened and fire Brandon Staley, who's in completely over his head there. And there's an obvious uh, candidate out there right now in Sean Payton, just pack the chargers up. Like there's no point in them even playing because for two years now, they've had a really good quarterback an elite quarterback and they haven't been able to get the job done. And speaking of quarterbacks, right. For all of our lifetime, we have seen the chargers and they have had really good quarterback play for the past two decades. Right. Drew Brees, Philip Rivers, and now Justin Herbert. And I would say that Justin Herbert, out of those three guys, is the most naturally talented. But when you look at Philip Rivers' career, and it was a really good one, one thing that he never had was a really good coach. They always went cheap with coordinators. And where did it get them? Nowhere. They just underachieved. Drew Brees had to leave the Chargers to go meet up with Sean Payton, and that's when his career takes off. Great coaching takes great talent. And makes it even better. And with the great quarterback in this league, you should be able to go as far as you want to go. And Justin Herbert right now has someone as his head coach that really, quite honestly, has zero business being an NFL head coach. Because we saw it at the end of last year 
and now we're seeing it this season. And that loss, that's just beyond embarrassing. There were just a handful of times where the Jaguars just had wide open wide receivers, and that falls on Brandon Staley. That's on him. If these miscommunications continue, just stop it. You're either coaching it or allowing it to happen. It's the 18th game of the season, and I don't know how your defenders have zero idea where to go or what to do. So honestly, Will, I know the Chargers offense got shut out in the second half, basically three points, but I don't put a ton of this game on Justin Herbert. I really don't. I put it on Brandon Staley. And I agree 100%. You know, we ride on the same boat here. You know, I do want to start off talking about Doug Peterson and the value of having a valuable coach that won a Super Bowl and coach in a Super Bowl victory because that's what Trevor Lawrence is getting. He's getting a Hall of Famer. Excuse me, getting. He has a Hall of Fame coach, a coach that won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles, a coach that knows how to have productive you know, a coach productive seasons for quarterbacks, craft the offense to give them layup throws and to make them feel comfortable. That's what he's getting. When you look at the tail of the tape in both quarterbacks, right? Trevor Lawrence, you can make the argument, he had a bad game. The first half, four interceptions? I don't care if he throw 50 touchdowns, bro, which is impossible. He throw four interceptions. That's a bad game. I don't care what the stat is, how many yards, how many touchdowns. You throw four interceptions, that's a bad game. Justin Herbert didn't have a bad game. So what's the common denominator? Coaching. That's why Trevor Lawrence was able to come back in the game because the coaches, the coach, Doug Peterson, took the gambles. He made the right X's and O's adjustments to win the game. Now, when you talk about Brandon Staley, this man is pitiful. I defended this guy no more. This guy's terrible. He needs to be gone. He needs to be fired. And if you care anything about winning, you need to fire this guy. Obviously, that's exaggeration. You know, I don't think you need to fire anybody. You made the playoffs. But I still think that Brandon Staley, he has some work to do from a leadership standpoint. In the press conference, he had a whole lot to say about, oh, the offense and the defense this and the defense that and the offense that. But I never saw him at one point take the leadership role and say, you know what? That was on me. I could coach a little better. I could have done things differently. That's what the great coaches do. I was on the show. We were talking about the Lakers and the Mavericks game. And I commended Darvin Ham for taking ownership because of, you know, X and O's adjustments to stop Luka Dantich. He didn't do. He didn't say, oh, the defense didn't do that. Or they failed to double team and trap and blitz. No, he said, you know what? I got to do a better job. That's a coach. That's a leader. He's failing in that department. And I understand that Justin Herbert and Joey Bosa, could come out and and, and and light of him and say all the right things. But right there, that's a leader or not being a leader. We can see that. All he said was we didn't play clean in all phases of the game. How about take ownership? Okay, he didn't do that. So that's a problem. I could tell you were fought off that. But let's go to situational football here. They didn't manage the clock well at all. You have a 27-0 lead. The clock is your best friend. You are double teaming, okay? You are double teaming the Jaguars with the, your team and the clock. It's a double team now because it's your friend, and it's the Jaguars' enemy. Run the football. Austin Eckler in this game, he scored two early touchdowns. He only had 11 carries after that. If you're Joe Lombardi, fool, dial the plays up for him. If you don't trust your running game, what's an extension of the running game? Screens. 
pitches, you know, short passes, get the ball to Eckler, let him do something with it. Easy, high percentage throws to keep the clock. Who is your friend who's trying to help you out move? That's all you have to do. It's such an advantage. Even when the score was 27 to 14 in the, in the third quarter, fourth quarter, whatever, the clock is still your friend. The clock is ticking like, hello, I'm trying to help you out here. And yet you're just ignoring the clock and you're doing this rinky-dink offense, allowing the Jaguars to get extra possessions to just chip, chip, chip away. Now they won the game. That's coaching. That's not Justin Herbert. That's coaching. Okay? And coaching failed. But at the same time, I understand everybody wants this man head on a silver platter. I'm not going to overreact there. Yes, Sean Payton is there. I'll make the move. Me, personally, you tell me, Lil, what would you do? His ass is gone. You're fired. I don't need to play the clip right now, right? But you know what I mean. He's gone. I'm taking Sean Payton. I'm taking a Hall of Fame coach and a Hall of Fame quarterback, and I'm making magic happen. And I ain't cheap. That's another thing. I, I, I'm just not cheap. I like to buy stuff and feel good about my investment. That's how I do. But at the same time, he's a young coach. He still has ways to go, a long way to go from a leadership standpoint. Defensively, I trust him, even though I don't know what happened in this game. But he has some ways to go. I saw Sean McVay get out schemed and out coached by Bill Belichick in the Super Bowl. Did not look like he belonged there. And yet he won the Super Bowl after that. Sometimes it takes time. But the question that we need to ask is how much time do we have? Justin Herbert is on his rookie deal. Next year will be the last year of his rookie deal. Do you have the patience to go all in with Brandon Staley when your guy is about to get paid? I'm not sure. So I'll leave it there. Well, honestly, man, like I don't know how you could just trust Brandon Staley because every time he gets in a big game, his defense, which is his calling card, like he's the defensive guy, they just fall apart. I mean, I... The Jaguars made it look easy, like right down the field, boom, boom, boom. And I don't think there was a moment in this game more accurately representative of Brandon Staley's coaching tenure with the Chargers so far than Joey Bosa getting that penalty after he thinks it, uh, it was a false start. And he gets another penalty for slamming his uh, helmet on the sideline, which was his second unsportsmanlike, or it was his second, uh, it actually wasn't unsportsmanlike, actually, because it's weird. Like, if you, in order for it to count towards ejection, it has to be, like, clearly towards the refs or the other team, and he did it on the sideline. But anyway, Bosa slams his helmet down, Brandon Staley walks over to him, picks it back up, gives it to him, and he slams it down again. Joey Bosa, like, what? That moment right there was a pretty accurate representation of Staley's uh, coaching tenure so far with the Chargers. And honestly, that was just embarrassing for all parties involved. Like Joey Bosa, Brandon Staley, like, I don't know what you're doing. But another thing that <laughs> there are so many things, it's always something with Brandon Staley, right? But one point that is very important here that neither of us have brought up yet. So I think the turning point of this game, wait in the second quarter, right before halftime, the Chargers have a third and one. And if they convert the first down, they get a they get a new set of downs, and most likely they go into the halftime locker room up uh, twenty seven to nothing. Which you know, I know they blew the lead, but I think a lot of it had to do with the Jaguars getting that first touchdown right before half. So it's third and one, and earlier in the game, DeAndre Carter he gets hurt, he's out for the game, and when he gets hurt, you hear Al Michaels say the Chargers are now down to only three wide receivers. Why is that? Oh yeah. It goes back to last week when Brandon Staley played Mike Williams 
a guy that is known, unfortunately, for getting hurt. He's had some trouble staying healthy. He plays him in a meaningless game against the Denver Broncos, where if the Chargers would have won, they still would have went to Jacksonville as the number five seed. So this goes back to last week. And on that third and one play, he calls like a handoff, uh, like a uh, yeah, jet sweep handoff to this guy, Michael Bandy, a guy that none of us have ever heard of, a fifth string wide receiver. The Jaguars stopped. The Chargers actually fumbled the ball. They were actually fortunate to pick it up. And the Jaguars get the ball back, march right down the field. And that's what really changed the game. So this goes back to last week. That decision alone, honestly, is worth getting fired over. And the Chargers lose the game to the Raiders last year. They blow this game. It's always something with him. And even if the Chargers would have won this game and lose to Kansas City, Mike Williams isn't playing next week. And I still would fire Brandon Staley, honestly. That's how bad these decisions have been. And one last thing for the Chargers. I did send this to you and the rest of our correspondents here on the, um, here on the Not 1999 podcast anymore. But the last three coaches the Chargers have hired, right? A couple of years ago, they hired Mike McCoy. They spoke to Andy Reid in interviews before making that move. Then they hire Anthony Lynn, and they interviewed Sean McDermott right before, and they were down to those two guys. And then this time around, they hire Brandon Staley when they had our guy Brian Dable in the building. And if you give Justin Herbert Brian Dable, oh, my God, I could only imagine what those results would look like. And that's why when you have these plays that's coming out and defending Brandon Staley, that's what's very puzzling to me. Because you talk about all the mistakes that this guy has made. And on the outside, it looked like this guy's a fool. Like, I, I speak to people. I have family members. My dad thinks this guy is a fool. Like, literally not a bad coach, but stupid. Like, literally legit, retarded. Okay? Like, they really feel that way about this guy. But yet you have your number one player, the cornerstone of your franchise coming out and defending you. I'm just puzzled. Because I'm saying to myself, if y'all going to defend this guy, and I'm not defending Brandon State. Like I said, I'll make the move today. If I have an opportunity to get a Hall of Fame coach and Sean Payton, a coach, Justin Herbert, and make use of that little window that we have before we start having to dish out money, I'm doing it. Because I know I could believe in this guy to go all in. What is it that Justin Herbert can't do that Patrick Mahomes can't? They both have physical gifts, just different. They're the same quarterbacks to me, just accomplishments. It's a difference. You have a guy. Get him a Hall of Fame coach. But at the same time, if you're going to come out, if you're the players, and defend this guy, then you need to play for the guy. You need to just convert. Like, you like him wanting analytics, right? You liked it. You defended him when he was doing that last year. He didn't do it much this year. But you didn't convert. And it's not like, yeah, some of the calls was bad. But there were drops. There was a lot of stuff. If you're going to big up this guy, when everybody's saying, oh, he need to go, and you're going to say, nah, that's my guy. I believe in him. I believe in his vision. He's the right coach for the job. Then win the game. How about that? They convert on the third downs. How about that? And the thing about it is that in the fourth quarter, this team on offense, when the Jaguars kept chipping away and chipping away, they got the ball back in the fourth quarter to close out the drive. And I'm a Justin Herbert fan. And you could talk about the play calling. You could talk about whatever. So many variables. That's the drive where you got to win the game. Whoever's fault is that, you got to win the game there. You have to realize, all right, we need to stop the bleeding right now. This is the closeout drive. Let's put the Jaguars out of their misery, and let's move on to the Chiefs. You ain't do that. You gave them back the ball, and Doug Peterson is so smart to be able to just move the ball down the field and win the game.
Yeah, I think going to uh, the players defending Staley, you know, they're professionals. I don't even know if they really feel that way. But when your head coach is just getting slandered by the whole country, I understand why you're going to go out there and defend him. And it looks like as of now, the Chargers are leaning towards keeping him and making some staff changes. Obviously, you hope Joe Lombardi getting out of there would be the first one that does happen. But a few last thoughts on the Jaguars before we close this out. I was just so impressed with uh, Trevor Lawrence's poise after that awful first half. And I've said this a lot of times, but I'll, I'll repeat it. Like we learn so much about these quarterbacks and these players overall when things are going poorly, right? I feel like everyone could have success when everything is going right, when things are going easy. But what really like determines, okay, like this shows a lot for me is when all things are going wrong and everyone in the huddle is looking at you for an answer. How do you respond? And I was especially surprised because Trevor Lawrence has played in a ton of big games in his college career, multiple college football playoffs and a national championship at Clemson. I was a little surprised that he unraveled in that first half as quickly as he did. Like the first interception was tipped like that wasn't fully on him, but the third and fourth ones were pretty bad. And I was just so impressed. Like Doug Peterson in the halftime interview, he just says, we're good. We just have to figure things out. We got to calm down. But you could tell that Doug Peterson wasn't panicking. Trevor Lawrence didn't panic throughout the game. And honestly, I was as impressed with Trevor Lawrence in that game, coming back after throwing four interceptions. Uh, I would be, I was just as impressed as if he would have thrown five touchdowns for 500 yards and zero interceptions. Because when you throw four interceptions in your first playoff game in prime time with 70 million people watching to respond like that, that's big time. That, that's a weak quarterback play. And this Jaguars future is really bright. And what a moment for him. His first real big moment in the NFL. And uh, Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence, that's some combo right there. Yeah, I mean, of course you have to credit the resilience. You know, obviously when you fail and you drop, you got to get back up. And there's a level of, I think that does a lot for your confidence more because you got the goosebumps out the way, right? And you know that you can rebound from adversity. So that's great. I just know that I've seen Daniel Jones, right? I'm not taking shots. Trevor Lawrence is my guy. He's like my top five favorite player in the NFL. But when you see guys like Daniel Jones, first time being in the playoffs, have a perfect game, pitch a perfect game. You know, Justin Herbert, I thought, had a great game. You know, um, if the Chargers won the game the way how they were supposed to, we ain't talking about this right now. We are coming on the show singing a different tune about Trevor Lawrence. And that's another shot at how the media acts. Okay, when they overreact to stuff. Think about it. If Trevor Lawrence didn't have the half that was allowed for him to have because the charges kept the door open, we are coming on this show. Not me, because I believe in this guy. But most people in the media is coming on the show. Oh, you know, is, is this guy really about it? That's actually more indicative of how the media acts and how things could change in our minds based on a half. That's literally more indicative of that to me than anything. Because, of course, you're going to have your ups. You're going to have your downs. I cut him some slack because he, you know, it was a bad half. He had a bad half, four deceptions. That's bad. Credit the resilience. And at the same time, the Chargers just blew an egg. And that allowed, you know, the greatness of Peterson to be able to win in, in clutch situations. When the game is close like that, I'm always going to take the guy that coached there before. I'm always going to take the guy that went up against Brady despite him throwing for 505 yards and still being able to call the Philly special and different, you know, formations and going retro the way how he did. I'm always going to take that guy 
a lot of people underestimate coaching in the NFL, especially come playoff time. Everybody was like, oh, Trevor Lawrence and um, Justin Herbert, the battle. Yeah. Headliner, clickbait for all intents and purposes. But the real chess match, the game that's being played is Brandon Staley and Doug Peterson. And when Brandon Staley had the lead, he should have kept that lead. Okay, he should have kept that lead because he's not ready. He's not experienced enough to win a, a game like that. That's why I'm not losing my head totally. Because he just, you can't coach experience if you've never lived it. He never been in this situation before. He didn't know what to do. And that's why you close out the game. That's why you win the game. That's why you score or keep the ball in that extra possession away from the Jaguars so they don't put up nothing at halftime. That score at halftime was a play of the game. Because now they had the seven and the momentum going into halftime. Even if it was a small momentum, they had it. And they capitalized, clearly. And now they won the game. Yeah, I mean, that's why I kept going back to that third and one. You know, if DeAndre Carter is in the game, they probably converted. But Justin Herbert and Bandy, they had a miscommunication a little bit. He fumbled the ball, and the rest is history. That's really what changed everything. The Chargers actually got a little fortunate that they were able to recover that fumble because if that's a turnover, the game probably still goes the same way as well. But yeah, man, like Doug Peterson, what a coach. In his playoff career, he's won five playoff games. All five of them, he has been an underdog in Vegas, which is just super impressive.